Hello and welcome back. Brian Henschen, Kyle Nedenrip, Akeem Glaspie is on assignment. We're here for another season of high school football. We're bringing back the live show. I forget what it's called. Kyle? Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. Is it called the live show? I don't know. I don't that know. We're going like to call it the name. live show for this week because it doesn't feel right without Akeem here. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. But we'll do this next week, I think. That's going to be our plan moving forward anyway. Absolutely. So as we record this, it's a Tuesday. We're uh, few days away from the start of another high school football season. I know Kyle has literally been counting it down on Twitter. It's sort of like a doomsday clock. He's ready for it. I don't know if the rest of us are. Um, but Kyle, let's let's just jump right into things here um, and just take a big, broad approach and talk about some of the biggest storylines. And, and where do you think is a good place to start as we, we dive in? Well, yeah, I think Center Grove is probably where you start. You know, they're the defending 6A champs. They're 28 uh, game winning streak. Uh, they'll go into the the game Friday against Warren Central uh, with that streak. And, you know, really they're, you know, they're not as talented on the front end. You know, you, know, you lose guys like Caden Curry, uh, Taven Jackson, you know, James Schott. You know, all those guys are, you know, off to places like Tennessee, Ohio State, and Michigan State. So, you know, you lose a lot of talent uh, from that team. Uh, I mean, they have players at Louisville, Cincinnati. I mean, there's just a lot, a lot of talent from that team of two year, you know, really a two year run. Uh, but also, you know, they've got a lot coming back who may, they may not be the huge names, but there are actually a, a pretty good number of, of overall uh, returners on that team. You get you know, like Drew Wheat, you know, who's going to be coming in as a, a thousand yard rusher uh, at running back, you know, so you know, Micah Coyle, you know, they've got they've got some talent. And then Tyler Cherry, who's coming in at quarterback, who doesn't have any experience, but he's six foot five and a uh, good arm. And, you know, and then a lot of guys on defense like Jalen Thomason, they've got some some real talent on that side of the ball, too. So, you know, it's not a team that's devoid of talent. And I think you could say they're the preeminent program uh, in Indiana right now. You know, Eric Moore's been doing this for more than 20 years now. And, you know, they, they're kind of the standard uh, as we sit here on, you know, in August 16th, 2022, they're the, they're the program in Indiana at this particular time. So, you know, I think that's the probably the storyline number one is can they keep it going? You know, can they you know produce a team that's capable of doing three in a row, uh, which is pretty much unheard of at the 6A level? You know, that had never been done to win two in a row, uh, you know, since 6A started back in 2013. And then going back to, you know, it was mid-2000s when Warren Central won four in a row uh, when it was a five-class system. So th this just has – it's pretty unprecedented, at least for quite a while. So, you know, that's the kind of the standard, you know, can you stay on top? And actually, Jake Gilbert, the uh, Westfield coach, brought that up the other night uh, when I saw them scrimmage. He's like, you know, they're, they're kind of fighting through some stuff, he said, as far as, like, get you know being that motivated, hungry team. They've lost back-to-backs state championships to center grove and he said that's why you know what center grove has done is so remarkable you know to, to stay on top and, and uh you know have that standard um you know year in and year out for the last you know going on three years now is pretty incredible so that to me storyline number one and then you could say you know 1a 1b is probably cathedral moving into 6a would be the other one um you know the, and that's the team that has given you know, Center Grove really good games the last two years in the reg at the end of the regular season, uh, including that mud fest of a game last year at Arlington. And, and, and you know, that Center Grove will be glad to be playing that game at home at the end of the season, but also, you know, could be uh, just one of two games between those two teams. You know, Center Grove and Cathedral could meet uh, down the road in the semi state. So, 
you know, Cathedral's loaded. You know, the reason I bring them up is because they're they have a team that can, I think, you know, after winning back to back five eight titles, you know, they've got Danny O'Neill back at quarterback. They've got John Tibbs, a receiver, and a lot of talent on offense returning. They have some question marks on the defensive side, uh, but definitely an offense that's going to be able to put some points on the board and uh, compete, I think, at a pretty high level uh, throughout the season. So, you know, to me, that's the biggest, uh, you know, those teams meet, you know, it's going to be a while before they play each other, and, and it could look a lot different by then. Who knows? They could both, you know, take some losses or whatever by then. But, you know, as we look at it right now, I think that's kind of the, you know, the game everybody will want to see, and and I think uh, potentially we could see it twice this year. Speaking of Center Grove, they opened the year, as you mentioned, with Warren Central, Carmel, at Louisville Trinity, and then Ben Davis. How how much do you read into those early season games, and how, how do you balance, I guess, you personally, how do you balance – working out the early season king shaking off the rust versus a true litmus test of, of what a team could be over the course of a season. Yeah, I think, you know, and I, I knowing Eric Moore, you know, having covered him for the last several years, you know, that I don't think they'll be thrown off if they if they get beat in an early game. Uh, you know, I I think they're going to be, you know, they, they they are a program that likes having a chip on its shoulder, you know, and even in the last 2 years and I think some of it was just you know, him trying to find that motivation or whatever, because everybody knew they were the best team, I think. But, you know, but but he would always say, you know, like, no one expects us to win this. And I'm like, you know, everyone expects you to win, <laughs> win this. And that. But but they would still find that, you know, those little things. And I, he's really good at doing that. You know, he that's part of what makes him such a really good coach. But, you know, so I don't think a loss, you know, and even I look at that week two game when they play Carmel, you know, and I, th- I really like Carmel's team. I think they're going to be, uh, really good this year. I think Warren Central will be a lot. I think they're going to be better too. I don't know if they can beat Senator Grove or not. Uh, but I think Carmel, you know, if they can, if their if their quarterback play uh, is good, you know, they have a really good group of receivers. You know, I know some of their questions are up front, uh, maybe more than the skill positions even. But you know, I I don't think you know losing that week two game would be the end of the world by any means. And and even Senator Grove before uh, these last couple of years, they're always a team that. You know, once you get to November and they they like to run the ball, they run that wing tee, uh, they're always better in November than they are in, in August. You know, and that that uh, held true even in the last couple of years when they had those really good teams is they're just better at the end of the year than they are at the beginning. So they may lose, you know, they may lose a couple of games, even, you know, shoot three years ago when uh, Taven and those guys were uh, sophomores, you know, they were, they were a six loss team and still made the state finals. So, you know, you can never really count them out um, no matter what happens early in the year. I, and I think their offense may, you know, it, it may, they may have some kinks here and there early on uh, and even defensively with as much as they lost, especially up front on the defensive line. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to see them uh, see that streak end, and it may be it may be kind of a good thing, in, in some ways, to uh, reset the you know kind of reset the clock or reset the standard or whatever phrase you want to use. But but yeah, I don't think it'd be the end of the world. And looking at their schedule, it's probably fair to assume uh, they will lose one at some point this year. Um, you mentioned Cathedral moving up. Who who do you view, I guess, as the biggest challengers to Center Grove's dominance? Like, if you had to pick a team other than Center Grove to win this year from the field. Who would you go with? I I think it would be Cathedral. And I know some of the publications like Max Preps actually has Cathedral ranked higher than Center Grove, like when they do their uh, Midwest rankings or whatever their their national stuff. But yeah, I kept Center Grove number one in our um, 
power pole just because I think, you know, they're kind of deserving of that until somebody does beat them. But, you know, I think Cathedral's probably the, you know, they have the, you know, when we did our super team, you know, we had a lot of Cathedral players there and there's a reason for that. You know, they're, they're just, they're really talented. And I think with Danny O'Neill, who, you know, he went out last year and he threw 33 touchdown passes at two interceptions, you know, and that, that to me, you know, against the schedule they play, you know, just shows he's not only makes plays, but he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes, you know, and, and I remember the first game watching him play against Westfield. It's like, man, he's, he's 15 years old, but he's, he knows how to play quarterback. And so he's a year older now. He's got some offers under his belt. And, you know, I think if you have any time you have a quarterback with experience coming back, uh, I, you know, I, I tend to give those teams a little bit of a bump. And, and certainly when you look at their team, that's kind of where it starts. But they, they've got returner, you know, they've got good players at running back, receiver. Uh, they've got some guys on the offensive line returning. That To me, the biggest question for them is defensively. They did lose a ton of guys. Uh, playmakers up up on uh, on that side of the ball. So defensively, to me, will be kind of a question uh, for Cathedral. But I think 6A, though, you know, I think you look at it, and there's a lot of teams that I, I think Brownsburg's kind of a sleeper. I think they're going to be really good this year. Uh, I think uh, Ben Davis, and I'm going to see those two teams play on Friday night, Ben Davis and Brownsburg. And uh, Ben Davis beat them uh, pretty handily in the regional last year, which was kind of a surprise that, that it was that lopsided. Uh, but I, I like both those teams uh, and Carmel. I mentioned uh, a little while ago there. I think they're kind of geared for a, a really good year if they can stay healthy. Uh, you know, Westfield, you know, you don't count them out after what they've done the last two years and HSC. And I think you may have covered that game. HSC almost had them beat uh, in the sectional final last year. And, uh, and Westfield got a late field goal to beat H HSC. So, you know, if that doesn't happen, you know, HSC could have been, you know, they could have been playing for a state championship. I think that was how big that game was. Uh, so there's a lot of teams and, and HSC did lose quite a bit too to graduation, but, but, uh, and I think center Grove. I think, uh, you know, center Grove will have a handful with Warren central who I think is going to be better. And then you wonder about teams like, uh, you know, Lawrence central, you know, can they, you know, they, they made a pretty good uh, improvement last year to, to four and seven, and they have a lot of guys coming back. Josh Mickens may be the most talented player in the state uh, going to LSU, you know, and it's not just a one-man team. They've got a lot of guys coming back on both sides of the ball. And then Lawrence North, which lost, uh, you know, Omar Cooper, but they've got a lot of talent. Ollie Richardson at running back who, who rushed for a 1,000 yards. So, you know, and they won a sectional last year for the first time in, in 31 years. So, you know, 6A to me looks looks like a lot of fun this year. I think you kind of go into it maybe not knowing what to expect. And I think it's it's kind of a fun thing. You know, I, there's always a handful of teams where it's like, you know, you know, Center Grove, Cathedral, uh, you know, the, typically Ben Davis, Warren. Those are kind of the caramel. Those are the teams you kind of look for. Uh, but then I think there's a few others this year, like a Brownsburg, like, you know, like we've seen with Westfield. Uh, that can uh, kind of upset the apple cart too. So I think it's it's a year where you may see a lot of different teams uh, on a Friday night uh, be competitive. Yeah, I think that'll make for a fun season in 6A. Are there any out-of-area teams that have caught your attention as you go through things, or do you think this is going to be another year for uh, the central Indiana area to to keep the trophy? Yeah, I know that makes people mad because I I think uh, the out of area teams they're always like, oh, what about you know they're they're quick to jump all over you when you don't. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> I like yesterday I, I tweeted out a four A about how you know there's a really a lot of good four A teams and I and I didn't put in there Central Indiana that's what I was meaning 
and then of course you get the uh the people mad at you from from wherever uh and, and it's like man sorry i met central indiana it's, i just met there's a lot of good teams in forehead so it's sometimes by omission people think you're hating on them but uh, that's kind of the world of twitter i guess too but yeah you know i think in 6a you know it's it's been such a dominated you know uh, class by the central indiana teams it's kind of like you're almost gonna have to prove it before uh, I'll, I'll believe it, I guess, in 6A. Now, the other classes, I think, yeah, certainly like uh, uh, Merrillville in 5A is definitely a, a state title contender. You know, there's all kinds of like East Central in 4A and Evansville Memorial in 4A. Definitely, you know, Andrean won state last year in 2A and probably have the best player in the state in Drake Bowen. Uh, so the, so all the classes other than 6A, I think, yeah, there's there's lots of out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-out-of-
uh, Franklin. That's and that's about it. So you know we're we're loaded in six A and four A, but there's not a lot of area teams. It's kind of a weird thing this year. There's not a lot of area teams that are in five A uh, this season for the next uh, two years. Looking at 4A, um, Mount Vernon obviously graduated a lot, but you have their number one in your rankings, and it seems like they have the pieces there to potentially repeat. Um, Ron Colley has a new coach. It seems like you know, um, Ron Colley has a new coach replacing there. And then New Pal moving in from the new class. It seems like there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of happenings there in Class 4A um, that should make for an interesting year. Yeah, those three teams all, you know, and I think Mount Vernon, they're they're kind of built for the long haul, you know, with their program. You know, this will be a they, they did lose a lot of talent, a lot of speed, but they're they're going to still going to be fast. They're still going to be very deep. And uh, they're a program, I think, that, you know, over the course of time, just going to be one of those teams year in and year out. That's just going to be really, really good. Uh, and I think they will be again this year uh, with what they have coming back. And, and Ron Colley, you kind of put in the same vein uh, eric quintana takes over as coach there but you know so it's a new it's a new coach and in in somewhat of a new system and things will have to be you know learned and and you know kind of uh, embedded in into that new pro to that program with with some new pieces and faces but you know they're a program that's really good obviously year in and year out up front they're going to be really good with with trevor lauk and um you know brady new and and guys like that luke swartz on the defensive line uh, and then uh, Luke, Luke Hansen, who's a running back, who close to fifteen hundred yards last year. So you know they're going to be really good. And and you know to me, I think you know Mooresville, another team. You know Nick Patterson uh, at quarterback seems like he's been there forever, and, and you know does a great job running that offense. Uh, you know Hogan Denny, who's a you know great baseball player, also big time uh, receiver for them. Uh, you know, he's going to be really good. So they've got their skill positions are really good. It's the question to me is, is up front. Can they handle a team like Ron Colley? And then you also add Burbuff. You know, the Burbuff is, uh, you know, 3A state finalist last year. Uh, they moved up to 4A and they have a lot of talent coming back too. Uh, lost a couple of really good receivers and, and Joe Strickland on the defensive line. But, you know, a lot of guys who played, uh, you know, both ways for them or, or, you know, a lot of guys coming back who were either on offense or defense last year. So I think Burbuff's going to be another team to watch. And then, you know, the return of Mount Vernon New Pal uh, rivalry in the uh, postseason, you know, potentially too, as New Pal drops back down and uh, not a lot of love lost between those two uh, rival programs and, and, and neighbors. So, you know, that'll be fun to see. I think New Pal's going to be, you know, coming off an eight and four season. They're going to be uh, playing really good football again. They'll get a, a huge test out of the gate from Westfield. That would kind of be a, you know, if if they can beat Westfield, that would tell us a lot about where New Pal's at as a, as a program, you know, playing one of the better teams in 6A. So, you know, that'll be a great uh, matchup for them right out of the gate. So, you know, I, there's just a lot of, you know, you go down the list, there's a lot of really good programs. Greenfield Central is much better. You know, they've been building for a while and, you know, Pendleton Heights should be, should be, uh, you know, strong this year and, and Lebanon too. I mean, so there's just a lot of really good 4A teams in our area, but, you know, and I ended up picking uh, Ron Colley to win sectional 21, and I picked Mount Vernon to win 22. But, you know, I I, I don't think those are by any means a slam dunk. I think uh, they're going to face some significant challenges in the in the sectional. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, looking at at 3A, Chittard, uh, you have them up there as uh, as sort of the team to beat this year. What do you make of 3A and and how things are shaping up there? 
Yeah, 3A is going to be a little different too. Shatar drops back down. They were in 4A, so another team, you know, you could, you could add them to the mix if they were still in 4A. But, uh, you know, fortunate for them, they, they uh, state championships in 19 and 20 and, and you know, went up to 4A and, and now back in 3A. Kind of weird, you know, just because of the COVID situation, they were only in 4A for one year, but coming back down and uh, they lost a lot. You know, they did lose a lot of talent, but they have a quarterback named Drew Van Vliet. Uh, who was a two-year starter at uh, Richmond as a freshman and sophomore, and now he's going to uh, start as a senior. He was there last year, uh, but uh, you know did, he was a backup, and, and now he's getting a chance to start again. So you know he's got some good talent around him. Just probably kind of in typical Chittard fashion, just guys who have kind of waited their turn uh, to play, and now they're getting their chance. And you know that they're. Uh, you know, they're typical Shatar. They're going to be able to run the ball and, and throw the ball some and, and when they need to and, and have really good defense. Uh, you know, I think Garen Catholic's going to be better. You know, they're always a team that's better than their record shows. They play a lot of schools that are bigger than them. Uh, so they're, uh, you know, coming off a three and eight season, but they're a better uh, program than that. And then, you know, t- teams like uh, in sectional 29, you look at that Tri West Danville. Uh, that rivalry and those teams very close last year and Tri West ended up winning both games, uh, you know, during the season, including in the sectional and then go on to uh, play in the semi-state where it took, uh, you know, Gibson Southern who ended up winning state to knock them out. So, you know, in that sectional, you also have Western Boone who was a three-time state championship team, uh, you know, not long ago and also Speedway and Monrovia moving up from 2A to 3A also in that sectional. So, and both those programs are on the upswing. So that's a very deep sectional. I picked Tri-West to win it, uh, but I think they're going to be, uh, and, and they, they lost a lot too. They do have, you know, their quarterback Ty Owens and running back David Brown back, uh, but they did lose some, some guys up front, especially on defense. They're, they're kind of replacing a lot of uh, defensive players, but you know, I think both the, uh, Tri-West and Danville probably are the, the the picks there to be one and two, and and whoever can, uh, you know, we'll find out when they play in the regular season kind of who has the upper hand there, but should be a really good uh, battle there in sectional 29. Um, 2A, it's nice. They moved Heritage Christian and Zacina out of the same sectional in Class 2A, which should open things up a little bit potentially, um, at least for those two teams. Um, how, how do you think that's going to impact things there in, in 2A, and what do you make, how do you handicap that class? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I covered that game last year. They played each other in the sectional. First game out of the gate. It's one of those type of deals. And and, and unfortunately, Heritage Christian's quarterback, uh, Kyle Antone, had a, a collarbone injury and couldn't play. And that kind of threw off their whole, you know, game plan. And uh, Sassina ended up kind of rolling them. And, and Sassina may have beat them anyway. They had a really good team last year. Uh, but that kind of was a downer a little bit that uh, Antone couldn't play in that game. But, you know, Sassina's, you know, they were 10-4 and four a year ago and, and and made it to the semi-state, lost to modern day. Uh, and they have a lot of guys back, and, and including David Mendez, who's going to play quarterback full-time this year. He was part-time last year, and then, you know, he, he's going to be thrust into that role. But he's a really good athlete. Uh, Tamir Woods, who's on our preseason super team, and then Mason Berrialt, who plays uh, both ways, receiver and uh, uh, defensive back, put up huge numbers last year, and he's going to be playing again uh, in that secondary. So you know, a lot of talent returning for Cecina, and I would make them the favorite there in uh, sectional 39, although Triton Central uh, will be a, a factor there with Tim Abel. They're always a good team, and I think will be again. And then uh, Heritage Christian, like you said, uh, Brian, they're going to sectional 38, playing in a different sectional, uh, but also have LaPel. And I think, 
you know, schools like Cardinal Ritter and Eastern Hancock will be better than they were last year. Uh, Eastern Hancock, uh, Pat Echeverria going back to Eastern Hancock, where he led them to the state finals about a decade ago, uh, coached at Pike and, and Zionsville, and now he's returning there. And, and I think that's a good fit uh, for him and that program. So, you know, they may be a little ways away. They're going to be really young, but a team to watch in the future. But, but yeah, I still like, I think both Heritage Christian and Cecina will be, you know, top 10 type of teams and, and possibly even better. What about Lutheran? Do you, do you, how do you think that they, they stack up with things? Uh, or I'm sorry, that's class A. I was looking at the wrong page. Um, but just start with Lutheran and class A. What are their chances of repeating as state champions next season? Well, they lost, you know, Montez Clay is, is one of the best quarterbacks uh, around, and they, you know, obviously uh, kind of relied on him last year uh, going on to win state. Uh, but really, you know, if you look at it, other than, you know, they did lose him and, and a couple other really good players. Uh, you know, Dave Pash's son, play, he played a huge part on that team as well at a receiver and returner and, and, and defensive back and, um, you know, a lot of things that he did for that team last year too. But, you know, if you look at it, Lutheran really has probably more coming back than than you would think, and and you figure you lose a quarterback like that, and you kind of be up uh you know, up the creek because that's that's a hard hard guy to replace. But you know, I think it's going to be a team that you know you still have Micah McKay coming back who had almost a thousand receiving yards last year. Uh, Joe Davis was almost three thirteen hundred yards uh, rushing. Uh, so you got two guys who put up huge numbers on offense. Uh, it's just probably going to come back, you know, down to Jackson Willis, who's going to be uh, playing quarterback this year as a sophomore. I mean, it doesn't all come down to him, but I mean, it's how do you, you know, w- what can he do right away, and then how does he kind of, you know, get his feet wet and those type of things. Uh, but really, seven starters back. You know, they've got a couple uh, seven stars on offense coming back. You know, three offensive linemen. Um, you know, and like I mentioned, the the receiver and the in the running back too. So, and then eight uh, starters on defense. So a lot of talent coming back on that team. You know, I think you'd be hard pressed not to, you know, at least put them in the mix again for a state championship type of a season. Uh, but maybe not kind of the the overwhelming favorite. And I think Covenant Christian probably a team to watch too. They were, you know, state championship uh, two years ago. Uh, played Lutheran tough last year, and then uh, you know they're gonna they were seven and five last year, but lost some close games and have a lot coming back too, uh, including Tony Flat at quarterback. And then you know also in in one A, uh, Park Tudor moves into a different sectional, so that that'll be a benefit for them. Uh, and Spencer Somerville has done a great job building that program. Uh, in the, really from from the ground up, they had to almost have a total overhaul. It wasn't too long ago where they, you know, there was times where they had to cancel games because of numbers, you know, and now they're uh, the, probably legit, you know, state, you know, type top, top five type of team in 1A. So, you know, they've come a long way. DJ Gordon is their uh, quarterback. He's multi, you know, dual threat type of a player. And then uh, Jonathan Harris will be their running back. And uh, he produced a lot last year, both running and receiving. So, you know, that's going to be a really good team too. And, and defensively, uh, William Harris, and you know, they have a transfer from North Central, Rod uh, Wheeler, uh, who played some quarterback last year. He's going to be, uh, you know, playing some defense as well. And uh, that'll be a good a good team, I think, too. So, and probably, I think, maybe the favorite in sectional 42. And then in Sheridan, you have the ageless Bud Wright going into his 58th season with 436 wins. That's remarkable. I remember covering that game last year, and we were wondering – well, this could be it. This might be it. Nope, he's still, he's still kicking it. Um, and the favorite you have him there in their sectional. Yeah, I, it's just amazing. You know, you look every year how, uh, 
you know, his numbers and it's just like, man, you know, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> you can, you can, you can think of, you know, 20 some years or 30 some years, but once you get up to 58, it's almost, it's hard to comprehend uh, how long that is. So, you know, great story, obviously, bud, uh, you know, he just, he does it year in and year out. And, and, uh, you know, it's been a while though, since they've won a sectional. So I'm curious if they can, if they can get through and win one this year, their sectional did change a little bit. And uh, Monroe Central is a really good program that's in there with them. Uh, but uh, it would be fun to see uh, Sheridan, you know, if uh, Bud Wright can make one more run with, with that Sheridan program. Um, let's, let's talk uh, about Mr. Football. Who you, if you had to pick two, three, five, or two or three favorites going into it, who would you, who would you pick and why? Well, you know, Drake Bowen to me, you know, and I, I know, uh, you know, someone mentioned this too. It's like, well, how can you have any uh, favorites if they haven't even played any games yet? It's like, well, yeah, that's kind of what we do in the off season. You know, you, you get a, you, you, and you kind of know. I think in any in any race like that, I mean, to be honest, you there. It's not like you start from every player starting from uh, ground zero exactly. You know, it's it's Drake Bowen won a state title uh, last year at Andrean. You know, he's he's probably the top. Uh, prospect in the state, I would say, as far as just an overall uh, recruit. He's going to Notre Dame. Uh, so there's just a lot of reasons to to like uh, what he does. He plays both ways, too. He's a, uh, both a defensive and an offensive player, uh, even though he's probably going to be a defensive player in college. But, uh, you know, runs the ball a lot, you know, obviously does a lot for that team. And, you know, the winning that they did last year, I think that kind of puts you over the top a little bit when you're talking about, uh, you know, the top, at least the uh, going into it, any kind of a list. I think he's going to has to start, uh, you know, near the top, I would think. And, and you know, I think that's only fair to, to put him there because of what he's done so far. And, and also, you know, he's and this doesn't have anything to do with anything, but he was, you know, he's probably one of the best baseball players uh, in the state, too. So if anything, that kind of shows you, you know, what he's you know, just kind of what he's made of as a, an overall player and, and an athlete. So I think you look at, you know, there, there's any number, I think of players uh, from our area, there's really nobody. It's kind of one of those years where I think there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there, but as you go down the list, it's not like there's anybody like uh, uh, who pops off. That, that's just like, Oh, we got to have him on the list. Now. I, I think there are guys who, you know, w- you know, will eventually make that, list and and you know it's always hard too this is a great year for offensive linemen but you know it's it's hard to quantify what what offensive linemen do for you because they just don't put stat there are no stats really uh to quantify that so that's always a hard thing to to know exactly you know w- you know what they do for you at the at the uh at the offensive line position so you know, I I know there's going to be some guys who end up stepping up and 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 you know having a great year, uh, quarterback wise. I think uh, Jaron Tibbs from Cathedral at the receiver spot. You know, if they can go on and have a really good year and win state again, he had a huge uh, year last year in the state championship game in 5A. Uh, he's going to Purdue, so he's got some of that you know name recognition. I think uh, Merrillville's got a guy named Justin Marshall who's a really good player. Uh, he, I think he's going to put up good numbers this year and you know if you're looking for a quarterback i think probably uh and i talked about him earlier nick patterson from mooresville i think is another uh name that potentially you know he's put up really big numbers his first two years uh but again you know four is going to be tough and you know he's probably going to have to make a run in the tournament uh to really have a good chance to to 
put his name in for Mr. Football, but you know, if you're looking for a quarterback, I think maybe he's one to uh, one to watch. Absolutely. Um, before we get out of here, um, we should mention too your first and ten series, which is awesome. You worked on it with with Bob Shear and Grace Hollers. It's a beautiful feature. If you'd like to just talk about how that series came together, um, while you have the floor. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, that that was a fun project to work on. You know, my role basically was just to get the kids there, pick who they were. You know, first of all, and then and then get them there, and then. Sometimes that was easy and sometimes it wasn't, <laughs> you know, picking out the spots was more uh, Bob and, and Grace. And we talked about, you know, wh where we wanted to do it at and 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 then we'd kind of work around uh, any you know issues or whatever. But, you know, it was it was super fun. You know, I, I really, you know, standing in the water with uh, Josh Mickens and, and you know, holding up the light. And then I think Bob lost uh lost something in the in the creek that day but you know <laughs> over overall it was just you know i thought it came out great and that's a credit to uh, bob and grace for sure and and uh, max uh for for he he was there for one of them too and and obviously helps coordinate our photo staff but you know just a really fun idea and you know something like that uh, as you know it takes planning and time commitment and we don't always have that in our world but you know, I think, uh, you know, we started early enough to where we could kind of do it. And we did 10 of them all at different locations. And they, all of them probably took, you know, two or three hours. You know, what? It, so you end up with only, you know, maybe two, three, four photos that you use. But it takes a long time to get it just right. And uh, it was fun working with them because, you know, you see how much, you know, I can appreciate you know, how hard they worked at it. You know, just, just being there and seeing like how you know much effort they put into it. Uh, that I, I can definitely respect that, you know, and that's, uh, you know, you don't always have that in any, in any business, but certainly our staff does a great job and, uh, that was something different and something fun. I'm glad we ended up doing it. We'll also have our super team will be out. Uh, it may be out by the time you watch this, but it'll be out Wednesday morning, which will have, uh, you know, more players than just those 10, but, uh, those were more of the standard, you know, photo shoot type things. And those would be great too, but, uh, this was just something a little bit different that we did this year. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, anything else you want to tack on, talk about, yell about before we talk about the games and move on to next week and brighter days when Akeem's back? Uh, yeah, not, not really. I mean, I think, uh, you know, like you said, we got all our preview stuff coming out this week and that'll, that's kind of the biggest thing. I mean, I, I think, you know, if you're, from a standpoint of uh, storylines and things like that, I think, you know, to me, it's also going to be interesting to see, you know, how the conference realignment stuff kind of plays itself out. Um, you know, I probably should have mentioned that when you ask about uh, storylines, but, you know, it's not going to have a huge impact on kind of the day-to-day, -day really. But, you know, with Center Grove and Carmel leaving to become independents, their schedules are pretty much the same this year because of contracts. Where we're going to see differences is starting next year, and who's going to, you know, who are they going to play? You know, and also, you know, who knows if they're going to stay independent for how and how long that will be necessarily. But, you know, for the for the foreseeable uh, future, they are independents, and you know, who's going to play them? So, and I think it's going to be different for both teams. I think you know, Carmel's got some contracts. I talked to their athletic director, Jim Minsky. Uh, last week and they've got some contracts lined up already with with mixed teams that they've played in the past and then you know there's a couple that they won't play and, and I think that's mutual uh, and also for Center Grove that's going to be uh, not always mutual you know necessarily but you know they're they're going to have to move on and find uh, other teams to play too so 
you know, that's going to be interesting to me because there's really not a lot of 6A teams in the state as a whole. And then there's, there's, you know, do you want to go out of state a lot? Do you, are you going to, you know, is, are your fans going to want to see you play Fort Wayne teams? You know, is that going to be attractive? Uh, so, you know, to me, that's maybe not a storyline for this year, but, you know, as we look forward, you know, the landscape of high school football, that's going to be uh, interesting for those two schools. And then it has a ripple effect on the other mixed schools as well and who they play um, in their non-conference. Absolutely. We should also note that we will have picks at some point, probably this week. We'll just do them online, throw them up there on Twitter or something. I'm really excited for Akeem. I know he's excited to make amends for his start last year where he face planted with an 0-20 start, which is really <laughs> special and really, really kind of takes some talent. So yeah. When you think about it, he was trying to beat the system and he got beat badly. <laughs> You're going to come <laughs> at the king. You best come correct. Proud <laughs> <Edward. laughs> um, in terms of game coverage on Friday, Kyle's going to be at Brownsburg. Ben Davis. Is that one at um, Lucas Oil? No, that one's at Ben Davis. OK. OK, so Kyle will be posted up there. Our intern Wilson Moore is going to be at Warren Central Center Grove. I'll be at Louisville Trinity at Carmel. Uh, Akeem has Westfield at New Palestine with Clark Wade shooting video. Tom Moore is going to be helping us out with Mount Vernon Knowlesville. And then Rich Torres has Bishop Chittard and Brebuff Jesuit. I know Kyle's excited. We hope you all are excited too. Um, Kyle, I think that about covers it. We're going to get out of here and get back at it next week. Yeah, thanks for uh, doing this, Brian. And uh, you had a big story too this today. Or, you know, I don't know what day people will be watching this, but Ashland Shade heading off to. Uh, prep school so that's kind of a big story and you know not only girls basketball but really the whole you know I think everybody was was uh you know she was probably going to be Miss Basketball this year right oh yeah I mean I think even if she would have gotten hurt this year it felt like it was her award to lose you know she just had that type of career in her time at Noblesville it certainly caught me off surprised everybody that I've talked to about it was caught way off guard by the whole thing it wasn't expected by any means um, but you do you do what you think is best for yourself and can't falter for that. It's it's a remarkable career that she had. And she goes out on top having helped Noblesville to that state championship last year. And, you know, I think, I think too, the storyline, we've written a lot about Ashton. I'm going to write more about that and the Miss Basketball race moving forward. But, too, I mean, looking at Noblesville as a team, they still have a really good team. Um, they return everybody else from that that roster. Obviously, losing a player of Ashton's caliber is going to hurt, especially in that sectional. But it's it's a really group of talented girls. Um, Reagan Wilson at point guard's great. The Schumachers came on really strong. Danny Mendez inside. Brooklyn Smitherman inside are both really great. And the Meredith Tipner, too, um, is just so long and athletic. It's freakish. Um, so, I mean, they'll be they'll be fine. It's Is it going to be tougher to get out of their sectional and get back to state? Certainly. Um, but I think I think that once you get through that section, whoever gets through that, the road's a little bit easier with only Snyder contend with potentially in the regional. Whereas last year, obviously, at Homestead, I think this year it's going to be Snyder and whoever comes out of sectional eight. So that one, so it'll be interesting, but um, yeah, and now I get the fun thing. I get to do what you do. This is the first year where it's like, oh, wow, there's some drama and some uh, kind of an open <laughs> race for Miss Basketball. Last year, obviously, it was kind of two people. This year, felt like a one person, but now it's all wide open, and I get the true Indiana basketball experience, I suppose. Well, that's, you know, I I talked to Ashlyn when she was young and, and up and coming, and, you know, it's it's uh, been cool to see her progression. I hope it works out for her at Lalamere, obviously, and uh you know, I always, yeah, we haven't really had this as much of this on the girl side, you know, but the, you know, on the boys side, we've lost some, some kids to prep schools over the years. And, you know, I, from a selfish perspective, you know, I always say like, I, I 
I hate it because I don't get to cover them. You know, that's the, but, but from their perspective, you know, you kind of got to do what you got to do, I guess. And if that's going to help her get ready for UConn, then, uh, you know, then, then so be it. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely throws a, you know, a curveball uh, for everybody. And, and, uh, you know, from the standpoint of just watching the, mo- the best players, that's kind of where I, you know, selfishly, you're like, oh, dang, I, I would like to cover that person. Yeah, you know, you cherish the opportunities to cover kids of that caliber. Keegan Rothrock's kind of the same thing. You know, you, you're excited for those opportunities. But even like last year, at the end of last year, it's like, oh, sweet, we get another year of this. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it's like, like you said, I mean, it's a bummer because you don't get that opportunity. And then, too, just beyond watching them play, they're fun kids to talk to. She's, right. she's a very engaging young lady to talk with. Always a fun conversation, be it after games, before practice, whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, you wish, wish her nothing but the best moving forward. Good. Well, I want to throw that out there, but uh, yeah, that's a uh, obviously a pretty big story in our in our world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, for me, I guess I should promote what I have too, since that's that's important. Um, we'll have some volleyball coverage this week. A feature on Ava Utterback, who's nearing a, a decision with her recruiting and just her growth as a player. She has some pretty big offers on her top five list. She's taking official visits and hopes to get it wrapped up here in a couple weeks. Um, hopefully hoping to get out to a game or two and then also meeting with Cameron Banks, a player out of Decatur Central who picked up an offer from Mississippi State for girls basketball already. And she hasn't even played a high school game yet. So looking oh. forward to meeting her and, and doing some of that. And we'll have Fat 15s, Players of the Week, all that good stuff here firing up over the next few days. I know it's a busy time of year for me and Kyle and Akeem gets to vacation in the Hamptons or whatever his excuse was today. <laughs> Is that really where he's at? I'm excited for him to not watch this episode and come in next week blind. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure he won't watch it. (laughs) We thank you all so much for watching and being cooler than Akeem. We'll talk to you next week with the full crew. (laughs)